Off the Hosel is powered by Golden Tea, baby. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 29 of Off the Hosel. My name is Drew Koser, I'm your host. Today's a little different as aka AO Troy Koser. My brother's not on for the start of the show or the end, but he is obviously on for the, for the interview. But we are joined today by production manager Daniel Hagel. What's going on, Hag? Koshi! Oh, I like that. How's it going, man? Good, good. I'm not going to lie to you. Tired today? Um, we are slow today. <laughs> yeah, so this is a little different for us. We usually don't record on Sundays, but I felt that you know the golf Saskatchewan Saskams on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week, or whatever it is, four days, three days. So we thought we, that we would drop this <laughs> unbelievable interview uh, today for all you guys on your way up to Warman. I think one of my favorite ones, easily. Yeah, no, he. I mean, well, yeah, screw it. We'll just see off the top. Uh, Cam Jansen from St. Louis. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot that we weren't laughing at. Oh, he's a funny guy. Ran out of Kleenex because my eyes were watering while I was laughing <laughs> the whole time. Um, he tells some, you know, some funny shit. He's he's a funny guy. He's very comical. Very straight up too. Yeah, I mean, tells it how it is. I mean, he's a tough guy too. I mean, they oh, wow. fought anyone and everyone and talks about how uh, how much money he had in high school. So, which is a, a lot more than some people have. Uh, to this day in their life so anyhow before we go on to cam there hey how's it going i mean it's sunday night as we're recording this for monday drop uh how you doing how was the weekend uh, it was a good weekend uh me and you got a little <laughs> little too after last night oh. eh? stayed up a little late but hey i'm happy to be back in the office with you man yeah no we're at we're, we're in front of the metro at the top we're at timberstone distribution thanks to dk it's always a unbelievable facility if you ever need i think stucco stone siding all that jazz uh come on down here to dk so yeah no i'm hurting today i'm tired i'm i slept majority of the day uh, i was basically useless um yeah. but no we got up for this to get this podcast rolling for everyone out there i mean i know everyone's excited for this one it was a lot of a lot of fun doing it um anyhow so when, when are you and i getting out with the play golf though i mean you haven't played golf yet this year yeah we got to get out soon um i know we got the shit fuck invitational coming <laughs> up uh for people that don't know what that is, um, let's I just say, yeah, just let them know what it is. It's yeah. So the the, the shit f abstract abstract k um, invitational is basically it's well myself Daniel, Brady Gibson, and then we always try and find a fourth. Uh, it's very similar to the Clary Horcroft invitational, <laughs> but uh, not quite if you don't have that much kind of money. But if you don't come the next year, you're never invited back. So uh, we had Troy Cunningham the first year. He's out. Uh, you know, Lafon Ball might get might get a call back. Yeah, we'll he, see. he came last year. And he was... came. How about that though? So, anyways, <laughs> I was five hundred through five holes last year. Yeah. And uh, I needed a ride home to say uh, after the round. Oh, um, you yeah, you were <laughs> buckled. I was buckled, but a uh, fun time, great time, and I think yeah. that's coming up though. I think the next few weekends here we'll fire that tournament up and. Yeah, I think that you have to get out though, hit the range, or we'll go we'll go play quick nine somewhere, and we'll get you back in shape there for the for the game <laughs> for sure. I love it. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk about my weekend here. I mean, you didn't ask me. That's fine. Drew, 
Cool sheet. How was your weekend, man? Uh, it was good. A lot of golf. I played Friday, Saturday. I'm actually playing right after we're done recording here. Friday, I play. Uh, so basically, this tournament's called the Thomas Ross Cup. It's very, you know, it's named after someone that was at the Royal for a long time. And it's scratch match play. In all the previous years, it's never been full, right? Never been full. Always had to ask guys to come play. So they put an uh, email out saying, hey, the Thomas Ross, you better get signed up. There was like 27 entries. Right. Like, <clears throat> unbelievable. So yeah. I didn't, wasn't sure if I was playing or not. So I got in. Anyways, I had to play a, a game, a match to get into the tournament. So I play uh, Sam Kleiman, really good player. And I beat him on 15. So four and three, I won my match to get into the tournament, which is now next weekend. It's a great tournament. Uh, a lot of good golf. There's no no handicaps involved. It's just straight up match play. And yeah, it's just a great event for the club to have. And I'm, it's very exciting to see that there's so many people wanting to play in this tournament. So yeah, yeah played that match on Friday. And then Saturday, <sighs> me and Sean McNall were, um, you know, we have you, to win. You weren't too happy, hey? No, I was... Uh, the results yesterday. <laughs> very, very upset. But I'm not a poor loser. So um, let everyone know what happened. Yeah, so me and Sean, we, we get our matching outfits. I had to go to Urban Planet, buy a pair of black uh, golf shorts for now one-and-done match that I'll never wear again, I guess. But anyways, we played this match. We played against Noah Kozak and Shane Riddell, two good players. And yeah, to say the least, Sean McNall fires a 66, and I was trash. Uh, Shane Riddell, I think he's a six or five handicap. He shoots like 69, which is unbelievable. So great golf. You know, we lost on 18. It's, uh, it was a good match. I'd like to wish both those guys uh, best of luck moving forward. Um, Sean and I, I'm not sure I'm about to reevaluate my contract uh, for next year if I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> get asked to play again. But what are you guys, what are you guys playing for? Just well, so that's a so that, that's another a tournament at the Royal. It's a two man match play. It's like they say the hardest tournament to win at the at the oh, course. So it's all your yeah. round thing. Yeah. And yeah, we lost two matches and we're done. So oh. now it's kind of we're getting ready for the Thomas Ross here, and then you know further on in September is the Fraser Cup this year. So Fraser Cup is the Washington Country Club versus the Royal, and it's kind of the Ryder Cup format style. And you just yeah, you think it's like twelve guys on each team and great time. So we'll see what happens next weekend with uh, with that. Um, other than that, I don't have, that's all I really did. And then I obviously went out with you last night and I had to, have, had, to, had to have a few drinks to, to get over the loss. So, yeah. uh, but guys don't, don't drink alcohol if you're upset. <laughs> <laughs> no. So anyways, um, I want to move on now to the PGA quickly here. John Ram, <laughs> Troy is not here. Ram, John Rom, sorry. John Rom wins today. Troy's probably not very happy. <laughs> What he did, he said last week on the podcast, if you listen to it, you should know, he picked John Rahm to win the tournament this weekend. Yeah. Guess how much money he put on him, Hedge? Zip. Zero. Nil. Zero dollars. Probably would have paid out quite a bit of money to him. Oh. But uh, now he just has a satisfactory of saying that he picked him to win with uh, no proof. What was the, say if he would have dropped, say if he would have dropped a hundred bucks, what would he have won out? Oh, God. I, honestly, I would probably say 2,500 bucks through grand. Like I had, I had Keegan Bradley yeah. at fifteen bucks to win three grand. Right. I mean, he he like, didn't play very good, obviously. And Tiger Woods played not good at all too. So I got stroked again. So yeah. I'm two for two on the year, or sorry, two uh, two wins, two losses, and uh, yeah, we're five hundred now on the on the betting yeah. ways here. So yeah, Troy, you gotta throw some money down next time uh, if you're gonna bet on a guy, and maybe you'll win some money actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so calling you out. But. <laughs> okay, quickly here, moving on now to the Saskatchewan Man's Amateur that's happening. You know, 
Tuesday and the rest of the week up in Warman. I don't know if you've ever played their hags before in Warman, have you? No, I haven't, though. It is a very tough course. It's mint, I heard, this year in great shape. Not a course that you like to play in the wind, put it that way. It's, uh, you know, a lot of water, a lot of fescue, no no trees. It's very tough. Mm-hmm. Should be a very good event. I heard there's over uh, over 100 entries now for the for the AM, which is nice. Yeah. Um, it's good to see. Yeah, it's huge. And, I mean, also, also Golf Sass, kudos to them. They, they changed the rule about uh, dropping the ball in bunkers. So um, you're now allowed to, I think, uh, just, you know, use your foot and, and wave the sand away and place it, So which is, uh, I think, the correct way of doing things. And, yeah. Um, anyways, I just want to wish everyone luck this week up there. I really wish I'd be up there playing with you guys. And I still might come up one of the days to get some interviews done with, uh, you know, maybe the winners or, or some guys that want to come on the show. I mean, there's a good market for it. And I think everyone's enjoying this so far. So I think uh, maybe we'll go up on a Thursday or Wednesday and we'll see what we can do. Right. Yep. So quickly here, let's do our uh, social media handles as always. Uh, usually it's Troy's job, but uh, Instagram and Twitter, underscore off the hosel. Facebook off the hosel. Um, you know what? Keep following, keep liking, keep sharing and retweeting and subscribe on the on Apple and Spotify, everything. There's gonna be more contests too, right? Yeah. Some like guys, that last one? Oh, oh that was a good that was a good <laughs> giveaway, but I know you're not gonna win every time, but keep putting your names in because that's that's the only way you're gonna have a chance to win, right? So Yeah, I mean like we're not just like, oh no, our body won today. Honestly, I don't even know half the people. So, I mean, this is great for us to like get to know the people when they come pick up the stuff. Great, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think next week we're going to do another giveaway, and it's from our buddies over at MT Aerosmith uh, uh, Head Covers stuff. So, they made a couple head covers for us with our logo on it, their logo, and they're, they're quite a treat. Like, they're really nice with their leather. Um, we'll throw some more golden T-shirts in there, some hats, um, you know, maybe a couple rounds of golf at Deer Valley, too. So, we'll see there. Um, now I just will go to our um, our uh, degenerate and gambling section corner here. We'll call it. Ding 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 ding. Let's go. Here we go. The, money. the money. Off to our degenerate gambling corner section, Haggy. We got a quickly a uh, little phone call here coming in right off the top here. Ready for this one? Oh yeah. Yo. Hey Troy, how you doing? Well, you know, living the dream, you. Yeah. Oh, not too bad. Well, you're on the air now with uh, D Hags, and if you want to get, quickly do a little hello for all of us out there. Am I on the mic with Mike? You're on the mic with Mike. Hello. Okay, <laughs> so we're out, we already did our segment here. We're doing our uh, our golf talk uh, for this week at the 3M Open. Let's do our uh, our picks. You go first. You want two players, right? Two players. Well, number one. And not playing favorites, but uh, after not such a great tournament this past weekend, I think uh, our boy Abe, double A, oh, yeah. is going to pull through. And I think number two, wildcard. Wildcard. Hey, by the way, did you pump the tires on who picked the winner this past tournament? Because I know I did. Yeah, we did. And then I gave you a grill deal. Yeah, I gave you a rough time about uh, not <laughs> actually putting money down, though. <laughs> Okay, well, here's here here's the wild card this week. It's probably going to pay some good money. I haven't looked at odds at all, but I'm going to go with a guy by the name of Kyle Stanley. Oh, Kyle Stanley. I like it. I like it. Stanley on that. <laughs> okay, well, let's go to Hags now. Oh, Hags has nothing yet. We'll go to myself. Uh, I got Tommy Fleetwood and as well, Abraham Answer. 
And Daniel, I believe, told me he wanted to go with uh, Adam Scott and as well, Abraham Answer. Yeah. Answer. Get her done. Okay, Troy, we'll let you go back to your girlfriend there. Play well. Awesome. See you, Troy. Right, Bye-bye. All righty. There it is, our uh, degenerate section there. We got we actually got Troy on the phone there. That was a little cool. The phone in the radio line, the hotline, the off the hazel hotline. Okay, <laughs> um, so I don't have much more here, Eggs. Uh, quickly here. Everyone that's listening to this podcast, head on over to Hookline Sinker. Uh, there's limited spots left. I know there's, I think, about six or seven left. Uh, go buy a ticket. It's an unbelievable golf package. You know, you get uh, 24 beer, player golf, swag, uh, townhouse or cabin, $30 to buy a spot to win all this for a full weekend of golf. So, uh, absolute no-brainer. Well, uh, Other than that, Hedge, I think we should send on over now to Mr. Cam Jansen. Let's do it, Coach. Hope you guys enjoy it. Off the Hosel and Inside the Clubhouse are proudly sponsored now by Last Mountain Distillery. Saskatchewan's first micro distillery is family-owned and operated. Located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country, our success lies in our commitment to producing high-quality handcrafted spirits. Our signature products include Saskatchewan's best-selling naturally infused Dale Pedro Vodka, our naturally infused organic cherry whiskey, apple pie moonshine, and more. Our craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Visit us in Lumsden or watch for our full lineup of products at your favorite local retailer. Alrighty, we're pleased to be joined by nine-year NHL veteran, tough guy, and from my experience already, an absolute beauty. Has his own podcast from St. Louis, born and raised in former St. Louis Blue. Cam Jansen, thanks for joining the podcast today, man. What's up, boys? <laughs> Not much. What, uh, what's new? What's going on in your life? What's, uh, well, I mean, obviously, we just mentioned you're from St. Louis, but uh, where are you these days and, and how are you holding up during uh, all this uh, nonsense? Well, in fact, uh, you know, been quite pleasant as far as my work is concerned because I can still get a lot of stuff done. I was able to do my radio show, which I have to do and host every single day as well, five times a, a week. I, I was able to do that in my house. So, and then with the podcast stuff, I was we had this some time, and my partner Andy had time because he wasn't doing TV because there was nothing to do. So we we kind of took advantage of the moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been weird. I mean, it's been weird in the U.S. They closed stuff down. They open it back up. It's very, very confusing here. I mean, we're undisciplined down here in the U.S., by the way. You guys know that. <laughs> we're just undisciplined at times, man. And so it, it's just it's been bizarre. It, but on a personal note, it's been okay as far as getting things done that I need to get done. So, um, but, yeah, but, it, yeah, it's just, again, uh, but now it's, we're at a point where we need we need something to look forward to doing. You know what I mean. You can only watch so many movies and things like that. So hopefully there's hockey coming up here pretty soon to put a smile on everybody's faces. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I want to backtrack this year to a young Cam Jansen life. Uh, growing up in St. Louis, when did you get into hockey and sports? And also to piggyback that question, uh, when did you and Pat Maroon become good buddies? Well, I grew up kind of. About 30 minutes, 35 miles away from St. Louis, kind of in the woods, really. I mean, we bounced around before I was like six. Um, very, very middle class, but we grew up in the woods. Uh, didn't know hockey. My parents never played hockey. They're both very athletic, very lenient. Uh, we were able to do whatever we wanted as kids, and I just loved the Blues. My dad would take me to Blues games, and they were Blues fans, but they weren't hockey fans. But I just like watching the Blues. And my dad took me down there, and I saw Chaser and Holly and Twister and just those guys doing their thing, and I, I fell in love with it. Twister 
beat the piss out of somebody, <laughs> took his jersey off in a penalty box. So I'm like, oh my god, like I love that. <laughs> and you know, they took my dad took me to Cardinals games, and I'm like, oh, you know, like staring around, like what do I do? Did the kind of bored. And so uh, I got into hockey. I rollerbladed in the basement and got uh, was able to be able to learn how to skate quickly because of rollerblading. Not you know, frozen ponds or any of that shit. Just rollerblading in the basement, playing hockey in the basement, going to parks, rollerblading on the street. And my dad got me into hockey. It just went, you know, I kind of just made every single team I was able, uh, I tried out for really because I was an athlete. Um, so I played every sport and then hockey I just fell in love with and it just took off. So you said like a wooded area you grew up, like Ozarks almost or? Yeah, well, we, yeah, we had places down the, the the lake. Our family had like a little cabin down there, so we kind of went down there on the weekends and things like that. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, we just we, but yeah, I, I mean, the woods where I lived, that's way out in the middle. Of the week. that was like that's a vacation kind of spot, you know. But where we lived, we're still way out in the middle of the woods, but we're close enough to be able to get into the city. I know it's kind of about thirty miles again, like thirty thirty five miles away from St. Louis, so it's far enough away. Um, but close enough to where you're not, you know, isolated. Right. So, I, I mean, myself being an Oilers fan, uh, you know, Drew mentioned earlier, how did you and the big rig there, Patty Maroon, become such close friends? Who was better, too, growing well, up? That ca- well, he was really good. I mean, he, he was, he just, it was so easy for him because he was big and very unique in a way where he had unbelievable hands. And he, the reason why he has sick hands is because of roller hockey. So we grew up, like, we, once you start playing, we all, every, everybody in the hockey community with, like, a five-year age gap skated with each other, you know? Yeah. Skated everywhere. So we all became all really good buddies, and then we started working out, and I finally, then I make it, and everybody, like, starts working out. We all work out together and, you know, have fun and shoot the shit. And then other guys started making the NHL, and we just kind of had made this bond, and Patty was in part of it. Patty would come box with me. Work out in the same gym, things like that. I had to keep him disciplined, and he'll tell you that. Although I was disciplined <laughs> too, but I always showed up. I always showed up for workouts. I mean, no matter what, even if I didn't sleep the night before, he you're shredded. Though, really early. It, well, I'm. Uh, well, I used to be shredded, but now it's, <laughs> you know I'm starting to get back into it. Not, to be honest, there's so much like, film and shit that you're doing. Like you want to look good. Yeah. You know, it's part of. Look, the better your look, the more you're going to fuck and more people want to look at you. <laughs> what um, but, yeah, so we, so anyway, we just kind of worked out, man, and uh, we all kind of did our separate thing as far as where we went in the NHL, played against each other, just St. Louis boys, just kind of, like, starting this whole fucking thing that we got here now, man. Everybody makes it from St. Louis now. So, Cam, I just, like, I'm listening to what you're saying, and I just, you mentioned boxing. So is that was that part of your training uh, or like your regiment? You know, to becoming what what you did in the NHL. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you. Well, my dad got me into wrestling when I was younger, and just wrestling makes your neck, your balance strong. Like knowing how to like feel somebody's weight and use it against them, and that applied to hockey fights no other because you know I'm I'm going against guys that are way heavier than me for the most part. Those big boys are they're a lot bigger. And a lot heavier. So wrestling helped. And then my dad dropped me off when I was 16 years old to Jesse Finney's Mixed Martial Arts <clears throat> right there in Webster, like in, in St. Louis area. And I was so nervous because I'm telling you guys, go ahead at 16 years old, walk into an MMA gym. 
It's like the most intimidating fucking thing you ever do in your life. It's horrifying. Guys are just stopping. They kind of stare like, good God, everybody can beat you up in there. You know, everybody knows what they're doing. So I sucked it up, went in there, and I started boxing. And then I formed it into hockey fight training. And, like, take the towels and wrap around your neck and, like, have one glove on and hold on with your, your left hand without a glove and start hitting each other and, you know, popping each other and tr- going toe-to-toe. And then you get the MMA gloves and you do the same thing. Now you can switch. Now you can switch on each other. And we would just figure out different, you know, uh, fighting stances and this and just, like, different routines and workouts uh, that were great for your cardio and, uh, you know, helps you with your punching power and your stamina and your balance, man. It was, it was cool. I did that for, like, 15 years. Well, it's funny you mentioned the like, MMA and stuff and boxing. Uh, Hagel knows this pretty well. We were in grade 10, I think, and we went to boxing class, and I got all cocky, and it's just one guy I thought I'd beat the wheels off him. I'd get punched right in the nose, square afraid I was done forever. Never fought again. <laughs> yeah, but Drew, Drew, you're soft, so. Sometimes you need to get punched, man. Well, Sometimes we don't have the, punch in the face. I, th- I think Troy and I, we, we missed that uh, Joey Coaster gene of uh, just beating the wheels at everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might have the last name, but, but yeah, it's sometimes, man, no, but it's a good. Hey, dude, I, hey, that shit happened to me, dude. I remember being in Windsor, and I'm beating everybody up on the ice. Become real popular, like cocky. <laughs> no, I'm getting drafted, you know, a lot of attention. And I go into the bars partying, and these guys are kind of saying something. Maybe I'll say something. I don't you know. Is everything vague? But I remember this. I'm like, I'll, I'll go you. And, you know, girls are around. And we went out in the back of this club. And this guy fucking embarrassed me for seven, eight minutes straight. Put me in different <laughs> chokeholds, let me up, did this, did this. The girl's like, oh, my God, help him. Oh, my God. It was the most embarrassing thing ever. And that was a wake-up call. I'm like, don't ever, ever do that bullshit again. People. You're not, you know. And it just, I just needed that, man. And I was humble any time ever since. And I never really gotten jammed at the bar, man. I was friends with everybody. I was really young then. That's like 17, eight, you know. You don't know what the hell you're doing. You're getting attention for the first time. You don't know how to handle it. Yeah. So I want to move this in now to just some junior talk here. I mean, you played one year in the Null, as we call it up here in Canada. Uh, looks like you made a name for yourself. Uh, so my question is, was college ever a thought? Because you moved on to play four years in the OHL. Dude, I stopped going to school, really, <laughs> in high school. I was playing, you know, I was playing juniors in my home, you know, at home, and no one really knew what that was because hockey wasn't really big here then, like junior hockey. Like you didn't, you know, we still had a team. And I at that point, I was done with I knew I had my, my vision. No one was stopping me. I swear to God, when I was young, I never had a doubt. That, and I know I'm not Gretzky or any of that, but I, in my own little world down here, I never had a doubt that I was going to make the NHL. Even when I first started. I don't know why. It's, the weird, it's pretty bold statement. But I, I just never had a doubt. It was the weirdest thing in the world. So I, at school, I just, I don't know. I was so confident. I didn't give a shit. I knew it wasn't taking me. Now, if I look back at what I'm doing now, I would go back to language arts class so I could read a little bit better. I could understand, you know, type better. No different verbiage. No different, your vocabulary enhances a little bit. That's what I do now. But school was just, I was done with it. I knew juniors was there. People explained to me I was tough. I needed to fight. I needed to hit. He did the straight path to the NHL. And so, yeah, school is not an option. But if I can go back to school, I would do a couple of different classes. Don't get me wrong. 
because whenever you're talking for a living now, yeah. it's nice to learn as much as you can in that department if you catch that drift. Yeah. So, I should be like Billy Madison. I'll be like fucking Billy Madison and go back to school. I don't give a shit. <laughs> back to school. Yeah. It's cool. Everyone pisses their pants. Yeah, look at Billy. He peed his yeah, pants. Man. So, yeah. Cam, you go to OHL, you play three years in Windsor, and then, you know, decided to go over to Guelph for a year. How how was the junior experience? Um, also, how how like I, I'm sure listeners want to know as well the Memorial Cup experience. How was that? Oh my God, dude! Juniors was just the coolest thing in the world. And you gotta understand, I didn't even know what juniors. We didn't know anything down here. Like we didn't know. So my my agent at the time, like I had you know representation at the time or whatever you want to call it. And he's like these 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 this uh, Ontario Hockey League teams want to draft you and me and my dad were like what? What, do, what do you mean like what is that like no we had no idea and my agent's like scott norton and i was like just trust me on this like I'll, these this is the best junior league in the world you know best leagues in the world up there these three teams are very confusing and you gotta go up there and live with a built family like okay like I'm, i'll do whatever and i remember just going up there and right off the bat the first like scrimmage you know, the, every, you know all the fans. They just loved it, man. I was a hundred miles an hour, and I was. I learned how to uh, interact with the fans, and like you know, I had to have my style, and like you know, jersey tucked in, long square off, buckets, <laughs> throw the fucking bucket, like let spinning down, them. Take my jersey off. Yeah, I take my jersey off. I remember I was so, <laughs> I was so dumb getting kicked out one time and then like i got undressed into my like under gitch where you you you're like ball sacks hanging out like you, just, you know your your bowl just hanging you know what you wear under your equipment that's kind of like and i remember walking in to the beer lounge and drinking beer with the fans and then like you know our gym was like you can't do that dude <laughs> <laughs> you know, i just i never had attention like that before you know like, you never had, all of a sudden, you have, like, people that are, like, love, love, love you. And you're, like, shit, this is cool. You know? So, Cam, you get to play with guys like Dan Girardi, Ryan Callahan, Dan Taye. How good was that team in, in your final year? Oh, my God. They were just, you know, it was weird because everybody got to Windsor. We had Seza, Otter, Stevie Ott, Gleason, Josh Bratton. I mean, uh, you know, I'm missing a couple guys, but... And then I get, and then our team, they all left. And then I was kind of like a pretty good commodity to trade at that time. And I knew I was already drafted, already signed. I need to go deal. learn the experience. So they actually, what's that? Not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, when you, when you have a little bit of money in juniors, <laughs> you're like, trust me. <laughs> you think you're like Bill Gates, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm telling you, like you're, you have a monster SUV going to high school. None of the kids had cars in school, barely. They did. It was like a, you know, you you guys know, you guys are all blue collar. Fuck yeah, man! Like I get it. So I had a 1992 hard. Buick Regal Limited in high school. See what I mean? And that was fucking sick, probably. Oh yeah, 89 grand dam. There it is. So I got a little cocky, and, and I'll be honest with you. I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, you always wanted to have my parents never really had money. And, you know, you, you could be a little nerd in high school. Your mommy and dad have money. Girls are going to be around you. Like, it is what it is. And I always was like, God damn, I need to, you know, I need to, I don't know, push myself. So finally, when I did get money, I didn't know how to handle it first. And, like, talk, I thought I was too cool. 
and a couple girls had to humble me a little bit, man, and be like, dude, just be yourself. Like, I don't give a shit. And I'm like, oh, because Canadian girls are like the most down-to-earth chicks all you guys are, dude. And it was very humbling off the bat, and I'll be honest with you. I had a couple hundred grand, and I'm in high school in a pocket. <laughs> Holy. And I'm like <laughs> trying to just be, and these girls are like, dude, settle down. I'm like, oh. and I, I don't know. I learned, man. It was cool. I'll admit that. So, Cam, how, you still haven't answered my question from three and a half minutes ago. <laughs> oh, how, how was the Mem Cup experience? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well, so anyway, I get traded to Guelph. That's a whole different story. I, I don't even know if you have time for that. Oh, yeah, we have there, time. There's so many different... Well, <laughs> I had my buddies. I didn't know I was getting traded. I had my buddies. This was five minutes before the deadline. I had a bunch of my buddies over. We party all night. Hardcore party. To a point where, you know... <laughs> We might have, you know, who knows what the fuck. Could have, somebody, I don't know. We were partying hard, okay? And so I roll in, we leave the hotel, and I roll up to my Bill family, and there's cars in my driveway. And it's my coach's car. I'm like, what? And we're, we're, we're I mean, we're so, and this is Windsor. Like, if I wanted to find anything, I could find it. You know what I mean? Like, anything you want in Windsor, it's there. Anything. I was messed up. All my buddies are messed up. And we're like, this is the biggest, trippiest thing in the world. Why is my coach there? I walk in, everybody's crying. I go, oh, my God. Like, what did we do? <gasps> am I, am I going to get arrested? Am I, a, I swear, all my buddies are freaked out. And they're like, oh, God, Cam, they traded you to go out. I'm like, oh, fucking, thank God. And then they're like, oh, God. And I'm like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm like, did you say Guelph? They're like the number one team going against London. I'm like, oh, when do I go? So we all partied that night with the team. And I know, so you supported the poor fan. Because I was really close with my Bills, man. Yeah. Like, I was talking to the kids. And, you know, they, I was probably a terrible influence. But, like, they were they were devastated. And it kind of all hit us. So, But but it was the best thing ever, man. I learned how to play in the playoffs there. And, and uh, you know, we beat those, that powerhouse London team. And then, then you wait a month, and then you go to fucking Kelowna, which is so beautiful. We kind of went out a lot, not going to lie to you, but we lost a couple games by in overtime by one goal, and we were out of it. So, But that was a very cool experience. You're in a spotlight. I had a, couple, I had a fight with DJ King. It was kind of cool. Really? You know, I dyed hair. I was, I, you know, I played okay. I, you know, it was a little different, but in the playoffs, I played good, man. Like, I was, we had a third, we were, we were, we had this checking line with another kid that, he didn't amount to anything. A first round pick, Jacob something. Fuck, I don't know. He's some check. It's one of those kids that probably lives in Regina now. Didn't figure, couldn't figure <laughs> it out. You know, couldn't figure it out. Kind of but it was cool, man. I mean, that what, and that was great for me leading into the next chapter. You know, you need to learn how to play in the playoffs. Yeah, and be disciplined. I was murdering guys, and I needed to chill because I was getting penalties and suspended stuff. You learn, yeah. man. So in your in your four years in, in in the OHL, Cam, like who are some of the absolute standouts? You know that obviously like yourself went on to the show, um, and then you just mentioned Kelowna Mem Cup. So would, would you have been playing against Lucic? No, he was younger than me. Younger? Okay. He was, okay. He was young. Yeah. DJ King was in that. Ah, damn. Like you know who was in my league? Ricky Nash, Brian McGratton. Um. Oh God, damn. You know. Uh, Fuck a lot. There's a lot of guys. I can't. I can't think of it all. I mean, there's here's we, one we guy. Here's here's one guy, Cam. Sorry, cut you off. Brandon Prost. Sorry. Uh, listen to Chicklets. Rob Shrimp. Uh, he mentioned Shrimp, uh, yeah. pe- people stayed out of the ways, guys, like of you and Biz. Like like how you know he scored 158 points. I mean, like 
are you running him over, or is he just, like is he Luis Mendoza out there? Oh, I'll catch him with his fucking head down, dude. <laughs> I, I mean, eventually you're gonna catch somebody with their head down, or you're gonna, or you're gonna miss them to a point where it's so horrifying for them. They're like, Jesus, Cam. Like, well, you know, like they know you're there. He was really hard to hit. I, I mean, again, like it's so. I, every that's a long time ago. Um, but I, I look at this. I mean, you go on YouTube, you can see some hits, dude. I, I mean, you know, you can only hide for so long. I, I was getting minutes, too, you know. So, you know, if you're getting 15, 16 minutes a night, I'm going to get you one of those times. <laughs> Although you might fucking break my ankle four or five times. I'm going to catch you. It might be late, though. It might be late. <laughs> That's not funny. That's not funny. <laughs> You know, it's funny, like, my, my, my neighbor and myself, like, we're huge Oiler fans, and, like, we have, like, a sacrificial lamb that we do every game. We always have a Robbie shrimp ring, like, not a Robbie shrimp, you know, and what, like, a guy like Robbie shrimp, who is highly, highly touted, where, where did his career go wrong, you know, like, where, where, where did he go? I'll tell you. Okay. I'll tell you. We had the same agent, and when you're that good, you get touted, dude. You don't need to do anything extra. It happened to Patty a little bit as well. You know, and he and, and Robbie was way. I mean, he was so good, dude. I mean, so skilled. You just don't know the other side of it. You know, like like John Tavares or I'm just popping names in my head. Guys like that are good. Sidney Crosby, Jesus Christ, like he knows. He does both. He yeah. knows that when you back check. It's just like Robbie wanted to take the puck, spin around like a fucking, and put it and kick it and scoop. Where Sid the kid does that, but it's organic. It's like I need to do that yeah. to make this play work. Robbie wants to do it to look fucking flashy, and that's fine. But I think he knows now. I know he's doing hockey camps and shit like that. And he's got a ton of knowledge, but he need, he he did man. He fucked up. Like he, he it was too easy for him. I think man, and you just you're just that good, and you don't know how to be better because you never had to be where sometimes it's just in your blood like Sydney and Mark Messier and fucking even Wayne. I mean, Wayne, I don't know. It's just, yeah, dude, I, I look at it like that. So I knew the kid growing up and, and, uh, it just, it's, everything was too easy for him. That's, that's a simple explanation. Right. In my opinion. So having a Corey Locke and guys like that too, man, like, fuck, I don't know. Yeah. So Troy and I have, have we we've heard this enough through our cousin Joey, like who was an eighty-five point guy in the Western League, also had four hundred pims. Uh, he was told to change his rule. When did scrapping and, and becoming the guy that stepped up become a thing for you? And did you enjoy it right away, or was it because you felt you needed to? And you know, like, hey, if I want to play in the NHL, I did a you know scrap. Started probably when I was right out the womb. See the womb? Dude, I was psycho my whole fucking life, man. It did never, no one ever had to tell me, go do that. No one ever had to tap me on the shoulder. I liked it. I just found a way to use that crazy psycho and turn it into something positive, and that was hockey. I was able to release my, my craziness into this sport. And at the time, I was, it was a lot easier to hit guys and, like, get away with stuff, and I could be put a show on and stuff like that. And, and, and I was able to tighten it up when I needed to to get pucks out of just play. And, you know, so no one, again, I was born like that. My mom and dad are tougher than shit. You know, they're both very tough. My mom's tough. My dad's a waterproof and, you know, big, a tough guy. 
Yeah. Uh, not big, you know, not big, big, but he was always uh, cool. Like, so it, and my grandfathers were badass, dude. So I have that, and I was just able to kind of form my own personality with hockey, man, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Was that, like, when you were younger, too, did you realize, like, when you were scrapping, like, doing it all the time, where you're like, hey, I could do this as a job one day in the NHL? Or, like, when did you realize that? Well, well, it started when I was, like, 15 and 16 when I was, like, playing juniors. I fought, and then you're going against 20-year-olds, and I'm like, okay, I could fight now. But in AAA, I couldn't fight a lot, but I was killing guys. Yeah. Like, with hits, like, I was able to skate really fast. I became, I, 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 I had a really good balance. And I was thick, and I was able to get in there, and I was fearless with the hits, and I was able to get my timing because I was skating fast. And so my hitting was everything until I started fighting, and then you put both of them together, and that's why I played in the NHL. Because if you only did one, I wouldn't have known. So I was able to hit and fight and, yeah. that, and, and get the puck out of the zone and shit. But, you know, um, yeah, if I, if, if I wasn't ever a good hitter, I wouldn't have played in the NHL, that's for sure. Right. That was my main drive, in my opinion. So, Cam, before we move in now to some pro talk here, uh, I got a DM this morning actually from Graham Black. He goes, tell uh, tell Cam oh, yeah. I say hi. Um, Blackie. <laughs> <laughs> he's playing the guitar. What's he doing? playing the guitar. He's a good Regina boy. <laughs> yeah, he's a weapon. Okay, um, oh, so that's cool. the next question, though. Moving into your pro days, you get drafted in the fourth round. We asked us to all our you know, NHL guys or whatever it is, uh, how special was that moment for you and your family? So we were in Toronto family's there, Bill's family, and, um, and you know, you have to go through all the workouts, and I met with the Devils and everybody, and we're at the ACC, it was the Air Canvas at the time, I think, um, yeah. and, uh, and he, uh, I, I knew Jersey was interested, and I had a guy on my, te- uh, on my Spitfires team who was right next to me with the same agent named Aaron Niddle, who, you know, I didn't know who was interested in him. So we're all, all sitting together, and, and I was supposed to go second to fourth. Um, and, you know, I'm a fourth rounder, let's be completely honest here. Thank God I didn't go second because that would have been a big bust. But, it, <laughs> but there's, God, they had a bad draft here that year. Oh, God, big time, guys. Oh, uh, Russians that they drafted never amounted to shit. But anyway, Aaron Nelson next to me, big, tuck, uh, tall kid. And the third round goes by, I'm like, all right, let's go. Like, come on, you know how you get. Like, I'm looking at my agent, like, what are we doing? So You're fired. Come up, and they're like, from the. Yeah, yeah, like he cared. From the Windsor Spitfires. And I'm like, oh. And me and my dad jumped up, slapped hands, and they go, Aaron Niddle. I'm like, oh, ooh, shit. Oh, hey, Nitsy. Hey, congrats, buddy. So that was kind of a buzzkill. So Nitsy gets drafted right before me. I thought it was me, my name getting called, but it wasn't. And so the fourth round came, and the Devils came back up, and they picked me. And, it was, you know, everybody else gets up like, oh, go, can I Oh, hello, let me give you a hug. Me and my dad are like, fuck yeah. What's up? Like, fuck yeah. God damn, let's go. Let's go. Oh, yeah, dude. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I mean, it is what it is. So then, yeah, you, you then started out your first year in the American League. You had 337 PIMs. Like, what was that first season where you just kind of, did you go in there like, Hey, I gotta na- make a name for myself, or what was what was kind of your mindset? Oh for God, that was the toughest. That was the toughest league ever created. Well, that's, that's what everyone that says. Is it just, the always hungry league. The lockout year. Think about it, dude. Yeah, yeah. that was an 0-4 lockout year when every shit kicker right. on every Great. team yeah. was down to minors. <laughs> There's four or five on each team, and I fought me, me and Brian McGratton. I think both had 45 fights that year. He just kept getting 10 minute penalties. 
because we're we were on the uh, penalty uh, or uh, yeah, we're on the uh, penalty race. Who had more pins? And he kept getting these ten minute uh, misconduct at the end of games to rack his pins up. Yeah, I'm gonna call him out on that. <laughs> and he knows I am. But uh, dude, it just was like fucking. It was crazy, man. Yeah, it was crazy. That was. I'm glad that year was a lockout for me personally. Not no one wants to be locked out. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. for me personally, I'm like God. You just learn how to. Not you know you're finally fighting men, mm-hmm. not you know in juniors I was I, I, I big, you know I was tall but I was thick big and like I was kind of like you could bully guys around. Yeah. I shouldn't use that term loosely. Bully <laughs> on the ice is different yeah. than okay. So everybody knows that, right? Yeah, we do. <laughs> we you can it. like what? What are you doing? Oh my god! I was like what? Like the stare down benches. Now you're going against thirty five year old men, thirty five year old men that are warriors. That you could see those scars on their face. You're like, whoa, like, holy shit. Like, okay, okay, you're going to be a man yourself. So back home, I was doing all the hockey fight stuff. So I became, man, the first couple of fights, I'm like, yeah, I can do this. Let's go. You know, like, I'd go over to a big, big guy, and maybe he'd catch me a couple, but I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, you know, just let me practice on you. Like, I, I got you. I could, I could hold you. And then you just build your confidence, man. And my dad would always pump my tires up, too. So he would always tell me, you're the, you're the strongest. You're the strongest. No, you're fearless. I'm like, yeah, I know. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna, you know, pump me up. Oh, dude, it was, dude, it was hardcore. Oh yeah. Think about it, all those monsters, dude. Well, I was gonna and, say too. Know, oh, sorry. God. Yeah, go on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna ask too. Who was that first guy that kind of tuned you in there in the American League? Oh, do 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 do. Or is oh, it? Or you're man. just killing everyone when you got there still? <laughs> well, I wasn't killing everyone, but I was fighting like I was. You're you know, I remember fighting Graham, B- Graham Belak right off the bat in, in preseason. And then, like, this other huge guy, I forgot, Mitch Fritz or something. Mm-hmm. And then and then I'm, like, doing good against these guys that are humongous. Great. And I'm like, fuck all you. Fuck this. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck everybody, you know. I never really got beat up bad <laughs> ever in that. I really didn't. I mean, that might look kind of bad off the bat when I had to get my grip or something. But, no, man, I had confidence, dude. Yeah. Uh-uh. So this is a good question here. Um, like one of my buddies, like Dryden Hunt, plays for Florida, and we've talked off the record about you know like he's kind of nervous about getting you know sent down when he's up in the NHL. Uh, the next year, you, you get up you, uh, up and down. Sorry, how was that change? Were you ever nervous of getting sent down after a game? You were just you know, or were you just taking it day by day? <laughs> Hell yeah, I'd be nervous. <laughs> I'd be nervous every single time I would look at Lou Lamarillo. I'd be nervous every time my phone would fucking ring. <laughs> Even if I didn't know the number, I'd be, fuck, are you kidding? Oh, shit, man, fucking wore me out. Man, it's such a different life, dude. You're living the life, the life in NHL. Like, big dog in it. Everybody pays attention to you when you're you're in NHL. When you get sent back to the minors, no one gives a shit. You know, like, it's like, like, whoa, like, fucking wait, get me back up there. My buddy's back home. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, ah, don't worry. Give me, give me a week. I gotta take care of business. You know, like shit. It was just such a, a mind fuck, man. I can't even explain it. Dude. It was just crazy. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm day by day. Get the fuck on. <laughs> fucking made me a psycho. <laughs> so. <laughs> Cam, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, tail end of your career, early in your NHL career, uh, you got the chance to play with Keith Kachuk. I mean, 
I, I'm oh, older God. than everybody on this conversation, so I got to watch a lot of Keith Kachuk play. Hell of a player. Uh, how, how much did you learn from him, and what was that experience like? <laughs> learn from him. That's funny. <laughs> I, uh, I, learned, I learned how to be a fucking good dude from him, though. Like, he's just a good guy. Dude, he was, man, this is when he was big, big Walt. Like, he was just locked around in his robe and fucking. <laughs> like Ric Flair? Know, just keep. Oh, didn't give a shit. But he'd go on the ice and score 20, 24, 25 goals, like take pucks to the face. And then, you know, like he just ran the show. It was so funny, man. He was so fun. And he was in his, dude, he was his last couple of years. He, he, it, it was, he was just at the best part of his. He knew he was enjoying his, himself. I got him when he was in just who, who cares mode, which was great because he still controlled the locker room and controlled Andy Murray when he needed to and controlled whatever he needed to control. And still, we all had fun, and he'd go out with the guys. Like, usually when they're at that age, you have kids, you know, you're not doing much. Oh, no, uh, he came out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He'd be in by 930. He'd be in by 930 because, you know, Chantel, oh, it's just so, he was just so fucking awesome. He's one of my favorite human beings ever, and I love his kids, too. His kids would come in the locker room. And he'd act like he's on the bike, but he's really not. And, you know, it just was it just was an awesome time to be a part of his career, in my opinion. Him being just the, 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 the father figure of the locker yeah. room was the best thing in the world. So, Cam, then moving on to New Jersey, how was that adjustment? Well, I mean, I was there first. So, it's like, you start, I'm glad I started in Jersey because that made me disciplined. And then you get to St. Louis, which was, like, very loose compared to Lou Lamarillo's style in Jersey. So when I went back to Jersey, I'm like, okay, back to normal. I need this back. I need a little bit of discipline back. So, um, well, you know, the, the you know, play, having Lou want you back again as a character guy is a good, you know, that's a nice feeling. You don't notice it at the time, but you're like, God, this man, one of the most, probably the most suspected man in hockey, in my opinion. I mean, that guy, like, he's, like, he's the man. And he wanted you back again, and and we had two tough guys back, two, Eric Bolton. They signed on a one-way deal, two-year one-way deal, and I still made the team as a, kind of a character guy with Bolts, and we went all the way to the Cup. So it was just awesome. So playing in Jersey, i got to ask a selfish question, and it's not even hockey-related, but did you ever go and check out Tony Soprano's house? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, dude. My buddies live right by there. Really? Oh, yeah. Dude, that was Soprano at its peak, man. Yeah, it would have been, Over yeah. 05 and shit, like right when they're kind of winding down. And uh, so every, dude, it was so cool, man. It was, you know, Jersey had a spotlight on them. And then Jersey Shore, oh, shit, that came out. Singing <laughs> with those guys down at the show, you know. Really? Oh, actually cool guys, man. Well, yeah, they actually, and I, I'm not, look. Just because you come over and say hey to us doesn't mean you're cool. But just the way he was really respectful and asked questions, every one of them were like, what's up? Like, all right. And then I saw those guys in St. Louis, too. Um, but, yeah, man, it, it was it was a cool time to be in Jersey. I like that place. Would I want to live there permanently? Probably not. But the people there were awesome. We have great friends over there still. Um, you know, we enjoyed it. We had a house that looked over the city, kind of. It was nice. I know it sounds very prestigious, <laughs> but... It, it wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah. I don't think it was like a fucking castle looking at you. No. no. So, but it was cool. So aside from yourself, the Sopranos in Jersey Shore, 
Did you uh, ever wish? Hell, I wish I could get traded across the bay. Uh, to New York? Yeah. We had to do, yeah, I'd like to play for it. But, but, man, I wasn't, like, you can't, like, it'd be cool to play for the Rangers. Yeah. But the, the, I was making, like, 600000 Like, fuck, you can't even enjoy the city making that much money. You know, if I wanted to play for New York. You're, you're under a microscope, right? Well, no. You can hide, dude. You can hide in New York. You can, dude. You can go places that people don't know you. New Jersey was like hit or miss pockets, you know. It's so multicultural. A lot of people don't pay attention to hockey. Um, but you have to make a lot more money to really enjoy New- the fruits of New York. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I was Henry Lundquist, I don't have a car. I have a car service. I'm right in fucking Ritchieville. I'm looking over this. But if you're making 500000 you're you're in a fucking two-by-four, dude. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah. Uh, well, since Troy did off track there a little bit, not, not by too much, but I have a question. How was it playing with Patrick Eliash, who I used to love watching his sick mitts, and Martin Berder? How was playing with those guys? What did they oh. teach you? Well, they, well, Marty taught me not to bet against him that whoever had more points by the end of the year, and, and you know, you'd, you'd lose a dinner because he'd have more points than me, which is fucking embarrassing. <laughs> and Patty was a cool cat, man. Patty was nice. Very, very stoic. Very nice. Very... You know, I probably bugged him a little bit because I'm pretty loud. But he was great just to see how he just plays the game, thinks it, sees it. Just think, he's just everything so – he's never out of breath, you know. Like, it's so – I always look up the people that know how to, like – and not that he wasn't trying hard, but he just knows how to – he's like Scott Niedermeyer, like, just knows how to manage your – I don't know, manage your car to go out there and yeah. get yourself in a bad position. And, like, just – the game's so easy to him. And it's like, fuck, like, yeah. He would give me a look in practice if I didn't pass him on a two-on-one. And I'd be like, nah, fuck. So that kind of sucks. But other than that, man, was, yeah, dude, anytime you play with big boys. Kovalchuk was fucking awesome, though. I partied with him. He was fun. He All right. Was well, let's, let's, Marty. that was oh, the next question. Let's Kovalchuk. talk about Kovalchuk. How was oh, that? He was a man. Hey, you guys, all these people are pissed at him, and I get it. He was such an awesome teammate. I, I, I mean, hilarious. Laughed at everything I said. Me and Eric Bolton, who was his buddy, too, we would all hang. Marty would be, David Clarkson. Like, we had a cool group. Cool group of guys, man. But, but Kobe was so fun. So fun. Laugh, fun. We had the same birthday. Like, I don't know. He was on. He came on the podcast like that. He doesn't do many podcasts. Comes on mine. Pretty cool. Fucking awesome player. Probably the best player I've ever seen in my life. Any good stories from uh, you and Kobe Church days? Oh, uh, well, yeah, dude. He, we, we would go out all the time, man. Like, we... You know, he, he, he wasn't, you know, he's, he had family and things like that. But, um, but yeah, no, he, he, you know, late nights, get up, you know, look at him. I do remember getting, uh, I think we got booted out of a cab one time because we went to McDonald's at three in the morning and I got this huge soda. And oh, the fuck, I was sloppy and we were probably loud and I spilled it all over the fucking guy. <laughs> and it's like that's like the worst thing in the fucking world. First, I make the guy take us to McDonald's, which cabbies don't like doing that anyway. No, I hate it. And then I my fucking drink. I mean, Kobe had to give him like four hundred bucks. I think he was gonna shoot us. Kobe's like this game of cash. I'm like, sorry about my my idiot friend here. So you know, he just he's just a fucking cool guy. Always, again, anytime you smile, you're always smile and happy when you walk in the locker room, and you're that big of a superstar. This segment of Off the Huzzle is brought to you by Brownies Golf Shop at the Royal Regina, Southern Saskatchewan's premier custom club fitters. 
Using FlightScope and GC Quad technology, Brownies Golf Shop will give you the high-performance club fitting you need for that new driver or set of irons. Offering a full line of clubs featuring Titleist, Ping, Callaway, TaylorMade, Cobra, and Srixen at the best prices. Brownies Golf Shop, high-performance club fitting to help you enjoy the game. Contact Dean at RoyalRegina.com to book your fitting or yardage gapping appointment. Under pressure is always a cool thing, you know. So, Cam, then you head over to the UK for a season. How was that hockey, and how was that experience? Dude, that was hardcore, man. That was pretty hardcore. They, uh, they, dude, I, they treated up me and my wife like we were royalty. I swear to God, they were they. But I busted my ass over there for them, man. Like, I, you know, they they asked me if I could dress as Hulk Hogan for one of these events and skate on the ice and rip my shirt off right when I got there in front of seven seven thousand people. And I'm like, oh fuck, I, okay. I'm like, give me some booze. So I, <laughs> yeah. I, but then I didn't want to drink too much because I didn't want to look bloated when I ripped my shirt off in front of all the ladies and my wife. So I'm like, fuck. It was kind of, but so like that kind of shit, man. I just, I like that kind of stuff. Don't take advantage of me, but I'll work. You want to bring me over? The fans are awesome, dude. They were so awesome. The fans, man. They would chant my name and oh god. But I'd go out there and fucking put a show on for them, dude. <laughs> I'd work hard for him, and and I was nice to him, and they loved Kate. Like Kate was like a princess. It was hilarious, but it was hardcore hockey. Man, there's some tough dudes over there. Sorry, quickly, Cam, before Troy jumps in here. How are the clubs there? Like, like, like what? Like, what city were you exactly in? I guess Nottingham, dude. I liked it. Not, not clubs are clubs. Like whatever. Like I, I'm sick of that shit anyway. Like I don't even do. I like lounge. I like the lounge and look over nice view. Now you know I'm a fucking. I'm a talk about princess i'm a princess now dude i don't like i like to be able to like keep see and talk to people if i can it's like but over there i like the historical aspect of everything dude like i love history and i love old time history and what how you know england english history and uh, you know so you're over there like you're nottingham nottingham castle with like robin hood theory and you have the uh, nottingham forest and it just, uh, it's just really, really cool. Your castles and stuff like that. Like that to me was the coolest part. Kate and I would get up and go for walks. They did, we had a car, but we didn't drive it. I'd probably kill both of us if we did because you know <laughs> the opposite road and shit, other side of the road. No, thank you. I'm not learning that. So we walked everywhere, man. It was so nice. It was clean and cool, and never felt unsafe. It's pretty cool, man. Nice. So, pro career is done. Retirement life comes. Um, how how was that transition? You know, going from playing hockey every day and beating the shit out of guys and enjoying the life to okay, I don't play anymore. So, like, sure. how was the transition? Well, it's never easy, man. And a lot of people are going through really weird times because you now need to figure out what your next skill set is. You know, like that's really what it is. And I didn't make enough money where I could sit on my ass and be like, I'll figure it out. No. Like, I spent a lot of money. I make good money, and I'm in a good spot. But that goes by quick, dude. Yeah. And I don't want to sit in an office and ninth grade education. And so, like, I and, – and I know like, it is what it is. Like, you can joke about it, but, you know, although I don't – you could find jobs if you – but I, I feel like you have to find your next skill set. And that, for me, is socializing, dude. Yeah. Like, and, and these radio offers do some – radio shows do some – or uh, – 
companies too. Some offers at me and I took them and I learned and I figured it out and I grinded it out. Then I got my own show and then I created this podcast with Andy and that's blowing up. Now we have nationwide sponsors and that's what we do for a living. And it's pretty cool. We get to talk to Hall of Fame players and make good money doing it. Yeah. And keep blowing up. And now we got like media companies coming after us <laughs> and, uh, you know, offering stuff. So it's, it's all good, man. But we work our ass off, man. So quickly, Cam, before we move into some golf talk, as this is a golf podcast, and I mean, we mentioned that you and I uh, off the record that no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, you, you see it from Chaser and all those guys, the Chucks and everyone that played. Um, how tight knitted is that St. Louis crew? I mean, you mentioned the facilities. How good is the alumni program? It sounds like you guys are treated very, very well. Touch enough for us. Hell yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Well, we do a lot of stuff for this town, man, honestly. And the Blues and the Cardinals are the two biggest drivers of everything in this town. They really are. The Blues and the Cardinals. And, you know, the the current players can only do so much. They don't live here, but the alumni do. And they're, you know, year-long stuff. So we have a great setup. We have a ton of guys that live here. We're all buddies. We all chirp each other. We all play, We all skate with each other events, things like that, multi, multi-million dollar facilities, locker rooms for us, and we're everywhere. And so it's just like, <laughs> that's why everybody retires here, man. We got cool, we, we, you know, we raise money for charity, make money, and help each other out. And, um, you know, it's, it's such a tight community, man. It really, really is. It's crazy. So moving into some golf, because, yes, we are a golf podcast. Sorry, t- quickly before Troy <laughs> chimes in there. Does Brett Hall play in those uh, alumni games stuff? Or uh, hell no, he's living in Nashville right now. He comes back here and there. I see him a lot. We we still see him a lot, but he he's in Nashville. So no, he doesn't like skating anymore. How about Hall, like how, how about Holly's bender though during the cup uh, run there? Oh, well, we all had, we all had a bender. The camera's <laughs> on him the whole time though. That's the difference. You know what I mean? Oh, he's just a fucking. He doesn't give a shit. Why would he care about anything? Yeah. What does he give a shit about anything? Why? He did his shit. He's got money. What does he care? Yeah. He's yeah. a party. You know, he act- loves the city, man. He loves the fans. It, it, it's funny. Drew probably doesn't remember. We but, met him. Well, I was gonna, yeah. You probably don't remember, though. You're a hell of a lot younger. But when I was, what, 20, you would have been five, four? Yeah, speed Brett, up. Brett, you, don't piss off. Brett <laughs> used to play for Detroit with Joey, so we got to meet him there. And a genuine, really super nice guy, but... That, yeah. that, that's my Brett Hall story. Uh, anyways, yeah. going into... Oh, that was deep. <laughs> <laughs> well, Drew, yeah. Drew, Drew we'll, told me to hurry up. We'll, so. We're real tight with Brett, so... Uh, <laughs> getting, <Okay>. get, <laughs> piss off, Drew. <laughs> getting into golf. Uh, Cam, when, when did you get into the sport? Uh, how much do you golf? And like, Because if you don't, we have to shut it off right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all right, let me... Don't, don't even get too... Okay, so my golf story is this. I get invited every day. I get invited to tournaments every Monday. I don't, do I go to every one? No, I can't because I got to do my show. I can't just say, oh, I got to do another golf tournament. But I do tournaments. I am a member. I might be moving to another uh, golfing community. Uh, but I'm an entertainer, dude. I get my golf. And if I'm not 100%, like golf is a big commitment, okay? All right. Either you golf or you have, that's your toy. That's your fun. Okay. My golf is my. My, my side piece that I could go and do my shit. I'm a boater, man. I like boats. I had boats my whole life. I, I had a boat right when I started making money. I had this badass thing made. 
and that would seek up more of my time than anything. Uh, but I like to, I like golfing, man. I do. I just, I just need to do it more. So I don't know what other question you could ask me about golf. I could talk more about boats. And I, and let me explain this. I've had toys in my life, and I've done cool shit. Boats are endless fun. They're a pain in the ass sometimes. They're expensive here and there, but they're endless fun, man. You're on the water is the best thing in the world, and uh, and then you could, you know, you you can do whatever you want when you're on the water. That's what I like doing for my spare time. Okay, well. Wait, do you do lots of fishing? Oh, no, uh, see, no. I, no? Uh, that's a good question. I know you. I know you got all you Canadians are like, oh, <laughs> big walleye. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, you guys love that up there, man. I'm not a hunter, and I'm not a fisherman. I don't have the patience. I like to jam out to music, Just jump drink, in, drink all day on the boat, fucking get tan, like tell fucking. You know, put on some Pantera or some what techno. I don't know. Fuck whatever <laughs> mood I'm in. I don't know. That's I like that shit, dude. Yeah. Maybe get on a tube. I don't know. Yeah. Talk. Maybe go snorkeling. I like. I like. I like water. Uh, I might get into skiing. You know, if uh, skiing. I used to ski, but we couldn't do it because of my contract reasons. I guess so. Skiing would be a next hobby of mine. But yeah, I I, uh, I like to jam out to music and, and piss off fishermen. I, because they hate me every time I don't know anybody. <laughs> well, then you and Trey might not get along then. I can't hunt either, guys. Like, I'm not a... Like, I want to kill deer because they're everywhere. They're too abundant, and we hit them with our cars. Turkey, fine. I don't like I don't like the big game hunting. I don't like seeing people post mm-hmm. pictures of... Uh, Holding the head up? Like, oh, fuck. Makes I wanna, me I wanna, sick. I, fucking, I hate that. Those tigers are so majestic, man. They're not overpopulated. Maybe they are overpopulated. I, I, I don't know. But like that kind of shit, even bears. I don't know, man. See, I think Cam, I, I think Cam, you and I are very, very much alike. I, I, I will not hunt because, but I'll eat the shit out of them. I mean, someone wants to kill it, I'll, I'll eat it. But I'm Dude, not the I'm one to pull the trigger. <laughs> no, I'm not a vegan either. I'm not like a fucking hippie any of that shit. Like I'm not. Oh, I just the big game. The big game stuff, I'm just like, oh, I love animals, man. Like, yeah. I, can, I don't have kids, and I think I'm going to be okay if me and my wife enjoy our money and our success and our, you know, freedom and have fucking three, four bad, badass dogs and just go on our lake house. And you have four dogs? Chill. I have four badass dogs that are disciplined, that are expensive, and I had them all fucking... <laughs> Sit by me like a fucking couple of shit kickers, man. Like, if I had to go out of town, no one's getting going near my wife if she's down to late. I don't know. Like, That's fuck, fair. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Disciplined dogs that scared me, you know. Yeah, man. It's, they're, they're tough when they go, but, you know, it's just part of it. Okay, well, we're going to wrap up this golf uh, talk here. We have four quick questions, yeah, and we're going to move on. He calls me. So, so Cam, <laughs> for every listener now, when, with this launch, Cam goes, okay, he just started giving me life lessons and blah, blah, starts giving me a whole rant, and then, hey, you take notes? You write this down? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm driving, Cam. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> 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 no, don't get an accident. We gotta quickly get some golf stuff here, and then we'll go on to today's stuff. But um, clearly, you must be buddies with Biz and Wit and those guys. Uh, where are some of the best places you've got the golf? Uh, you, do you, I mean, you mentioned you had a home track. What's your handicap? Like, where are you playing? Like, how much cash are you playing for? Like, it's a loaded question. But 
let's head off the boat talk. I love it. We'll talk about that later, but let's talk about some golf here. I, I don't, I've golfed at a lot of, probably every course in St. Louis. I like Boone Valley. I like courses that are in the middle of nowhere. I like, uh, I, I, I like, uh, I like to be on the golf course. I'll tell you that. I like to have a house home when we're looking at one. Yeah. It's very just, again, peaceful and free. Um, I played with some badass golfers, dude. I mean, all over the place. David Perron is very good. A lot of my buddies are just silky mitts. Perron. Oh. Dude, these guys. Oh, Reed Lowe, big tough guy. We were at, uh, where were we? God, we do these. Oh, we have so much fun at these golf tournaments, though. We, we honestly do. Some guys, uh, you know, some people take it a lot more serious than others. I've definitely learned. I didn't bear, put it this way. I remember going to these tournaments, and all these big golfers would, when I was young, my dad never had golf. We never went golfing. But they would, I'd, I'd get invited to these tournaments as a kid because, you know, I was in the NHL, and you get invited to stuff. And I must have fucking pissed these guys off, although I was nice and funny the whole time and da 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 But walking on their line, talking in their backswing because you don't know the etiquette when you're young, oh, my God, just so embarrassing. But then you learn. There's so much to learn, man. I had to do a radio show. I had to do a radio show for two hours when the PGA Tour was here. With T, was Tiger here? Yeah, Tiger was here in St. Louis. Remember that last year? They had the, the tour here. I remember doing a radio show, and I had to do a two-hour radio show by myself, talking and, and and pretty much announcing what was going on throughout that whole two-hour process of, uh, of the PGA Tour. That was very difficult, but, yeah, I mean, again, I... I don't know what else to give you guys. I don't, there's not, I don't know even what my handicap is. I don't even play enough to even know it's up there. It's high. Like if you play with me right now, you, you wouldn't even take me serious. You wouldn't even think I was an athlete. So I don't, you know, yeah, that's I don't fair. know what else, to, how else to answer this. Yeah. To be honest with you. Well, it's quick- like me asking you fucking guys about like, Hey, what's it like football? Like, you play football? Like, no, no. Not, well, once in a while. And I'm like, wait, let me, yeah. what's your best tackle? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just quickly hit. Touchdown yet? <laughs> actually, one. Actually, I was playing in a, in a grade uh, eight. I was in grade six. <laughs> I made the team as a a PR on the practice roster. <laughs> no, this is legit. Great, grade six. I did on the team. I run a I run a nice in pattern. I do the old ten oh, foot yeah. cutter, t- toe tap in, catch the ball. Our coach in grade six is running down the sidelines, hands in the air. We played actually Hegel in the, in the next round, St. Angela. Uh, not a big deal. Uh, big catch. No, um, <laughs> anyways, quickly here before we move on to... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, quickly here. Uh, have you ever been invited to the Clary Horcroft Invitational? The what? In, the which Invitational? Clary Horcroft Invitational with Whit, Wh- Whit and all those guys. That well, that's like with Whitney oh, and all those guys. And, no, no, but I have... I've been to some big-time events, though, man. Like, any time I do something in St. Louis, at least, like, there's always camera. Like, Pujols tournament's really big. Albert Pujols. We go to that, and there's always a camera. And they always put me in. Albert you know, Pujols? Albert Pujols. Or, oh, I'm my. sorry, uh, the ninth key boxer, Tim. He does his tournament here. And uh, and the camera's always on you. And I always embarrass myself right off the bat. Everybody's watching me. And I'm like, oh, God, how stressful. Like, the camera's on you. And you're like, oh, boy. And you just stuff it into the the woods you're like okay just get that damn thing off me so uh i haven't been to that one but i've been to some big ones man 
Alrighty, let's move on now to current today. Uh, you know, what's going on these days? I know you had a podcast called the, I mean, very original, the Cam Jansen Show. Um, <laughs> it's you and Andy Strickland. That's a radio show. Sorry, That's yeah, radio, radio show. show. You and Andy Strickland, how's yeah. it going? I told people down here in Sasti that they're, I mean, they're loving it. Uh, a lot of people that don't know what it's about. Yeah, I mean, what do you chat about? What's going on? And yeah, how's things nowadays? Well, it's Canister Pod. We're up. We're up on everything: Apple, iTunes, all that. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Insta. You know, you can follow me. I repost shit and all that stuff. But yeah, we got probably the best lineup going, man. If you look at our Look at our lineup that we've had. Like, Andy's been in the game 20 years. He reporters on TV in St. Louis. Um, you know, gets all these big, big guns on there, Hall of Famers. Every other one's a, just a monster. And they get comfortable with us, man. And, and, you know, I bring my personality, and Andy actually asks the right questions because he's an actual journalist, and I'm not. And so it's just a great balance, man. And we just get heavy hitters on, dude. And they, some of them cry. Some of them just say stuff that they've never said before. And uh, it's very entertaining, and it's different. Like we're different than spit chicklets. We just have our own little thing. Our, yeah. You know, our cartoon, our character, all that shit's just all different. That's sick. We just do it differently. That's all. So, Cam, quickly here before we move into our segment called "Questions from the Gallery," um, you know, we asked all our celeb guests and our checkmark guys that have been there, whether it's hockey, golf, curling, whatever it is. You know, some advice for the young listeners that listen to, to our show. What it takes to make it? What do you What do you have to do? You, you know, your selfishness. You have to. You know, I mean, yeah. What do you have to do to make it to the you know the professional ranks? Dude, you for one, you have to. You can't. Well, it's like we said, Robbie Shrimp. You have all the talent in the world. I say, being finding what you're good at and excelling on that. Like, how do you play? Like, form form a personality. Form your own way. Your own style. When you play, like, yeah, I'm a fucking back-checking motherfucker, man. I'm ruthless on the puck. I'm going to block shots with everything, I, and that's how I'm going to play. I'm going to be so fucking defensively reliable to where I can make any team because any team would need a guy like me taking face-off. I'm going to always be the best on the face-off. I'm going to work on my face-off game. To, like, find a role. Yeah. What are you good at? Like, what do you want to do? Like, you don't have to fucking score all the time. You don't have to be syndicated. You don't have to toe drag. You just have to be really good on the wall or really good and be able to skate and always create new things. Like every summer I, I worked out, I'd create something different. What am I lacking? Oh, I need to get my, my first three strides faster. So I'm going speed and agility all summer long. Different, different. Like you got to be creative with your workouts and shit. But you have to work out. Yeah. You have to be, I mean, a hundred thousand percent. Not because your mommy and daddy said you, because so, like, parents are such jokes sometimes with this shit. Yeah. You have to do it for yourself, man. You just have to do it for yourself. So I can go on and on, man. Tell me. Like, if any, you, any of those guys want to listen, dude, I they could send me messages and I'll, Andy and I will talk about it too. Like, I, <clears throat> I love, I love giving advice on how I did it. And I was burning both ends of the candle, man. You can't even do that anymore. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll get left behind. You'll get left behind. Alrighty, off to our segment now. Questions from the gallery, and that is sponsored by Player Golf. Be sure to use the promo code Off the Hosel twenty for twenty percent off of your orders. That's Off the Hosel twenty for twenty percent off of your orders. Alrighty, Cam. First question here uh, from Turner Ripplinger asked, "Why did you fight Biz in the alumni game?" Um. Well, 
Uh, well, we <laughs> he kept fucking chirping. <laughs> one, he scores right off the bat, and I'm like, son of a bitch. And I'm like, then he comes by, and he's like, I was on the ice, like fucking sick minus. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm like, this is my house. Like, this is my, my town, motherfucker. I got like my buddies in the stands and shit. Like, I'm not putting up with this shit. And then he kept going, and I'm like, so he gets a goal and assist. I'm like, fuck it, I'll give him a Gordy Howe. And, uh, and so I, he, he actually came after me. We are kind of throwing a little bit, you know, like, it's one of those hockey practice fights yeah. where you need to practice. And, like, Patty and I used to do this all the time. Where you, 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 will, you might catch each other once in a while, but it looked pretty good. And uh, that was pretty funny. I kicked his ass, and he knows <laughs> So one of our buddies, Louis Howard, asked, what was going through your head before the uh, the line brawl against the Rangers? I know I know I showed our dad today, and he's like, "Oh my god, they all just squared off and went." So, uh, what's going through your head when it's all? I mean, it's clearly staged. Um, yeah, how was that? Well, I mean, another day in the office, baby. Uh, <laughs> hey, what, let's go. Like, it's nothing different except for like, oh, you guys doing it too? All right, let's do it. I mean, that was just that simple. I mean, we wouldn't like. We just look at their lineup, and we're like, fuck, we're starting. Like, all right, let's, let's just go on, dude. All right, I got Krusty. All right, I got Ruffy. That's kind of how it was. <laughs> it's really just that simple. Did you guys chirp Zidletti for not going? Well, we don't want Zid or Sal going there, dude. Sal had concussion problems with Zidletti. He's too good. We need him. Fair enough. So a friend of our show, Brady Gibson, he wants to know, what hub city would you prefer to play in if you were still playing? Fucking Vegas. <laughs> 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 what, do you, what do you think? Yeah. That's, I, I mean, come on. How about between Toronto and Edmonton, though? I'm two Canadian cities. I don't know. That's a tough they're one, both eh? going to suck, dude. <laughs> yeah. no, they're, they're both going to suck. It's just going to be like, dude, it's going to be like a, a hot camp that but you're like stuck yeah. for two months. It's going to suck, man. But you got to do what you got to do. So to piggyback, you know, Brady and Troy's question there. What are your thoughts, and do you really think the NHL would get this done? Would I say that one more time? Sorry, I was just curious. Like, do you think the NHL is, like, I mean, what if seven guys get COVID on one day, and then they're out for two weeks, and then they come back? Like, do you think that they're going to oh, be able to play? Fucked. You're fucked, then. Dude, who, who, who wants to play if half your team's sitting out two weeks? You know what I mean? Like, if it gets to that point, then I think you're like, okay. Talk about Imagine like being in the conference final, and your top two lines are out, and they're oh, yeah. fine to play, but then your goalie gets it, and it's like, what the fuck? You're like, okay, yeah. I'm done. I don't know. I don't know, man. That's Time fair. will tell for sure. Tough, dude. Yeah. Um, I got uh, one for you. Who's the funniest teammate you played with? Oh, wow. Oh, God. Well, Eric Bolton, Keith Kachuk. Oh, Lord. So many, dude. Oh, yeah. my God. So many guys. Kind of hard to so pick one. Who's the biggest funny. pigeon, then? It's, oh, I don't know. I mean, um, I don't want to call anybody out on that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's tough. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. But there are some fucking... Man, the guys in the locker room are so funny. And uh, they are so damn funny. And you just... You learn people's personalities, man, and how they're so witty and you learn how to be witty being in a locker room with a bunch of guys that make a lot of money and they're confident yeah. and you know you just learn how to defend yourself and be quick feet, you know on your feet when it comes to like comebacks and shit mm-hmm. 
Well, I was going to follow that up with who's the cheapest guy you played with, but I don't know if you're going to give us an answer yeah. or not. Oh, hey. fuck. There's some cheap, cheap motherfuckers, man. <laughs> couple cheap. I, I hate cheap guys, though. It's, it's painful. Are There's you some in? cheap dudes. Uh, um, oh, God. Isn't it, isn't it usually the guys that make the most money? Or, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know. Do you want to know what Tommy said? Guy, what? Lidstrom. <laughs> Okay, Troy's at a three-year-old. Yeah, see, you should ask Tommy the question, like how he found out he's so cheap. They were in a cab, and it was like, a, I think a $6 cab ride. Yeah. And and Nick's like looking at his wallet, and Tommy's like, Jesus fucking Christ, Nick. I'll, I'll pay the cab. <laughs> Gave the guy 20 bucks. No, because he didn't want to break a 20. Right. Yeah, didn't want to break a 20. Oh, my good lord. Yeah, dude, that's... That kind of ruins you, though, man. I don't like that at all. Like, that would suck to have your leader be cheap. Yeah. yeah. You, you want your leaders that make the money not not be fucking cheap. Yeah. And nothing worse than seeing a guy that prances around that makes a shit ton of money, and all of a sudden he's just fucking cheap to the guys that are like working with him and shit. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Fuck that. So that, that, I, no, don't 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 be cheap if you make a ton of money, dude. Especially if you brag about it too. That's when you're yeah. extra douchey. So a former player of mine, Carter Armstrong, has a two-part here. As a f- he goes, how long would you last going toe-to-toe with the PGHL heavyweight Carter Armstrong? That's the Prairie Junior Hockey League out here in Saskatchewan. Junior B League. <laughs> and ask how many points you could put up in the Sasky Junior B League in one game. Man, I'm pretty good at hockey right now. I'm not gonna lie to you. I skate all the time. I'm a, I'm better at hockey now than I've ever been. Like I'm toe dragging motherfuckers now, dude. I'm, I swear to God. I know I don't just think about like running guys and getting run and like fighting. I'm like, I actually do have some skill. I don't know. I don't. Is it hitting? Because yeah. I, I I prefer not to get hit anymore. Um, you know, I like to just dangle cats, dude. So I I don't know. I, I don't know. Fuck. I, I fuck. We skate with the alumni three times a week. I might be the leading scorer out there. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I bragged on. Oh, it's so. This is our. This is our fucking gag that we have with each other, man. Like, who's the fucking? It's so funny, man. We chirp the shit out of each other. It's hilarious. Awesome. All right, Cam. So if there's one guy, past or present, who you could drop the mitts with, who would it be and why? Uh, Kelly Chase. Um, cause he's my buddy and you know, we're both St. Louis kind of guy, tough guys. And everybody knows us here. Not Twister. I said Kelly Chase, by the way, not Twister, <laughs> Kelly Chase, Tony Twist. but I think, I think Chaser and I would have an awesome fight and it would just be bragging rights to him. Would you ever fight Joey Coaster? Yeah, man, I would. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he throws hard down the pipe. Very, very hard. You'll break your fucking skull. <laughs> but I, I mean, if I wanted to, re- I, I, but he's not blue guard to a point where I can. He's so grab on. To protect myself, I could grab him and tie him up so he'd have to throw his lefts against my right or something. Like I would do something like that to not eat his punches. But he's not that much bigger than me, so I think I could, you know, do something. But you don't want to get hit by him, you know. Swear. That, that's you're in trouble. that's funny. My my boss in Weyburn, uh, Rich Pilon, mentioned he fought Joey one time, and Joey punched him so hard in the helmet that his helmet broke in half. Oh, 
but it's sweat. Yeah, dude, I know that. I know it. I know I've heard that. <laughs> and I fight Probert, too. It's not like, you know, I do Probert, too. Probert being probably a little bit more difficult because of his reach. Yeah. But the two guys I wouldn't want to go with, like, the one guy that, you know, I'd fight anybody, of course. I love um, but Bugard would be tough because of his height, man. I just would be in a fucking jam against him. I would just be in a jam against him at his prime. He just would string me out so bad that he'd punch through me, and I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to protect myself. So my captain, Matt McCraw, asked, what are some of the things that GM scouts ask you in the pre-draft room? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Weird shit, you know? I mean, some stuff like, you know, who do you resemble? I remember Lou and the Devils asked me who I who I form my game around, and I go, Lemieux and Gretzky combined. <laughs> and, and just joking. And, like, and they, they're like, they were baffled that I like was that confident to be trying to be funny, I guess. You know, a lot of weird questions, man. Really? Look, it's so hard to get your, these, these kids to have a personality. Yeah. And, and for me, I just was very loosey-goosey because that's just how I am, obviously. And mm-hmm. so I think that helps out, man. If, you're, if the kid has a personality, man, don't think that doesn't help out in any of this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Do they kind of ask, like, me and Drew kind of know some guys that they they say they ask some, like, mind fuck questions. Like, they kind of try and fuck with you almost. Is it kind of like that? Some of the questions yeah. they ask? So if you're a kid, if you're a kid, you're just like, what? What can I watch? You're like, oh, it's cheap. Or actually, it's nice, but I want to look cool, although I haven't made any money yet. I don't know. It's easy to say that now, but when you're 18 years old, with guys with their glasses half down their face staring at you, mm-hmm. it's very, very intimidating. Yeah, for sure. Well, but I, I was pretty comfortable in my own my own right at that time, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the questions we had like, from our buddies was like, what, what, the correct me if I'm wrong, Hags, it was like, like who would you rather pick, mom or dad? Yeah, if they were, if one of them were going to pass pass away, who would you pick? To uh, be alive, what? To what? be alive, yeah. It was something like that. What? It's kind of an odd question. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who asked that? Oh my god, that's fucking terrible! Yeah. What the fuck is that? Yeah, I, know. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I I, that would have pissed me off actually. I was like, "What? Yeah. I don't even want to fucking think that way." I don't want to play anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even like Jesus Christ. Why, why are you gonna kill one of them? <laughs> <laughs> oh lord! Psycho question. What the? Who the fuck said that? <laughs> who, oh, who said that? Yeah. Who, who, who was it? That's fucking embarrassing. We don't know the team, that's but it was one of our buddies oh, that played, man, and he was in a draft man. meeting. But yeah. we we won't uh, we, we won't joke. yeah we won't mention the the team or name. We don't I don't even know the team. What a fucking joke that is! Dude. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 I'd be like, what the? My father was a father. My dad, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Did you? Just sucker punch him. Couldn't believe that. that. Un- yeah, it's just inexcusable. Like, there's no reason. For yeah. That. Yeah. Fucking freak the kid out like I'm a dad dying. What what do you are you own do you are you God? Are you striking him down? <laughs> fucking nutbag. Okay. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> golf question, Cam. Weird, golf man. question. It's weird, man. And this is a fun one. Jesus. This is a fun golf question. If your ultimate foursome, who would it be? You you're choosing. Oh, that's a good one, man. I would probably do. Oh, I'd have Charles Barkley in there. Well, that's choice for guy. He's on the cool. He, isn't that weird? He's one. I don't even like basketball. I don't give a fuck about it. 
Sickly. But Charles Barkley is the funniest motherfucker I've ever met in my life. I met him at the Stanley. Like, he loves hockey. He's a cool ass dude. He's not like he doesn't like break opinions down your throat that are like you know like he's just fucking down the middle kind of cool guy. You know I like that. Um, I probably have Eddie Better from Pearl Jam. He's a good guy. I first one time I met him and is that even flow with my wife. Yes. Even yeah, flow. Yes. that's my golf yeah. draft. It's called even yeah. flow. Yeah. Um, and then maybe like, uh, maybe Nick. Or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Elon Musk. I'd uh, have him oh. just stick his fucking brain, get his fucking mind right on some, Here we go. some fucking pens for him, have him get stoned. I, like, what are you doing? Tell me about fucking aliens or something. Have you seen something? Like, tell me something I, about the future, because you're from the future. I have to tell you, Cam. Like, he's too. He's. He's too smart for us, man. Like, yeah, he looks he at all of us like, why am I in? He should be from the fucking 3000s, dude. You know, like, he's a thousand years ahead of us, motherfucker. I, I have We're to tell you. him down, I think. We've asked every one of our guests that question, and that is by far the most unique foursome we've heard yet. Yeah, you want to hear the most average answer? Uh, Tiger Woods, uh, Jock Nicholas, and uh, and uh, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> dude, dude, I have my own radio show every single day I have to fucking produce. Not so. a big deal. I'm very creative. Very so impressive. Shit, like, like, think about it, dude. Like, I mean, I have to be creative all day long. So there, that's why. That's why everybody, all these interviews are fucking nerdy, man. These guys, they don't know. Like, I even, like, I, I had to be so creative for my show. Like, I asked people, like, okay, if you had the money, if you asked me what I would do if I had a billion in a fucking bank. Okay, set aside a billion dollars. I don't have kids. I ain't saving for anybody. I'm fucking, how, what kind of life are you living? And I asked some people, and they're like, oh, I have an uh, apartment in San Diego. I'm like, what? <laughs> apartment San Diego? Are you fucking out of your mind? Like, I've got, okay, this is what my setup would be. I'd have my, it'd look like a castle, but it'd be open. Blah, 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 blah. i have my yacht holding the side. I'd like, Jesus, these people like, I, I, am I the only one that thinks that way? Like, you know, I'm always thinking of having fun and how to relax and have the nicest setup. And I don't know, man. Maybe I'm on an island. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> okay, Cam. This is from a majority of my team that I coach. First goal, explain it. How special was it and who was it on? Oh, Britt Johnson. Uh, go look that up real quick on YouTube. It's hilarious. Uh, Obi. Ovechkin didn't back check and I top cheese slap shot. See ya. <laughs> Look at it, dude. We're, it. we're getting heads, production manager, getting it up I got, here. I took a penalty. I took a tripping penalty. I thought I was never going to play the rest of the game. So it was a tripping penalty. And I come out of the box and I fucking bomb this bad boy. We're watching it here. He's just loading it as we Look, speak. <laughs> well, well, production manager Hedge is looking at that up here. Um, most annoying guy you, I mean, yeah, probably play with, and let's just say against, you know, a pest. And again, this is probably going to be a very common answer. Um, I mean, Aves was hard to deal with at the time. Like, you couldn't read the guy. Like, usually you have, I hate killing on my podcast. It's cool. Um, but, you know, usually whenever you go battle with a guy, you go in a face-off, sometimes you wink at each other, like, fuck yeah, what's up, buddy, you warrior, you know. I just kind of got that with him. <laughs> So, yeah, he was annoying. He called me out on the papers and shit. So, like, okay. so Barney Barnaby goes on our show. He goes, if I had to go one guy, it was it was Sean Avery, and I said, well, why? He's like, ah, you know what? 
I think I hated them when I played against them, but I think I hate him even more now because his stupid rants on Instagram and shit. I mean, like he just gave it to to Avery by by all means. Oh but. wow, yeah, he does have some. I don't know about his podcast. Like I, I sometimes get into it. It's unfiltered. I, you know, I, I, I need I need him. Like I like with us. At least we're like interviewing. You know, even if the interview is not exciting. The ins and outs that Andy and I do are so we and him. Get, so it's like you always have to have some kind of something, and he just kind of goes on rants. I don't know. He's okay, man. What a I shot, though. We just watched that video, Cammy. Cutting you off now. Oh my! What a fucking yep. shot. But I got, I got to, I got to give you a little bit of slack. You're picking cherries out of the box. They're waiting for that. It might have got fucking tipped. <laughs> <laughs> you say Olaf Kolzig was a net? No, it was Brooke Johnson. No, the backup, that- backup tendy. That was reading the comments. That was your first. That was your first point as well. Like, yeah, dude. Uh, took only five uh, years. I feel like. Did you Did you keep the score sheet? Yeah, I got all that shit. Awesome, oh, yeah. awesome. I got all that shit. Yeah, My parents were there. Okay, Cam, I have one question here for my buddy. Just text me this morning. Uh, Josh Laffenbaugh asked, "Most memorable moment playing overseas," and. How was it playing in your hometown junior hockey your first year? I mean, we touched oh, on that earlier, but oh god, man, my buddies are watching it. But go look up some of those fights of mine in, in those in North American League. It's pretty funny. Um, oh yeah, it's just fucking awesome, dude. You know, you, your your buddies are watching you play. Uh, it wasn't as fun as, fun as juniors. It's in uh, Windsor um, and overseas, man. I honestly had just a unbelievable time going cruising around my. Like, this is an older stage in my career where I can, I'm hanging out with my wife. We're cruising around, drinking at different pubs, talking to people about, I don't know, history. Like, I, Kate and I would always go to this, this place called the Ye Old Pub. It's from, like, the eight, 1100s. And we're just sitting in this, like, little castle area. Just, I'm like, where the fuck are we? Just, like, that shit, dude. And then, and then coming up, I like playing at home in front of a packed house. And I would be the last guy to come on the ice. And they'd be the last one. They'd call my name, and I'd walk out like, motherfucker, let's go. <laughs> I'd bang the glass. Oh, yeah. I'd bang the glass and know how, you know, slick the hair back or whatever and just fucking get everybody riled up <laughs> like I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Cam, uh, I'm, we're all curious here, and all the listeners, this is going to be unbelievable. If, if you had one last, you know, funny story, send-off story for all the listeners here. Oh, I mean, those are always just tough. Um, man, let me let me say something though. Like, if let me give a piece of advice. I know a lot of guys in Canada, dude. Like, uh, maybe like parents. Like, you just some of these parents, man. Like, you just got to be able to evaluate your kid. And if you keep the parents that are hard on coach, I don't even coach it. I just see it. Like, oh, yeah, you got to let your kid Lots. fucking figure it out, man. There's always a reason why your kid's not playing. It's not really the coach's fault. Why would a coach not want to play a kid if he's really good? Yeah, little Johnny might have had two goals that night, but he's minus three and he's soft. And he doesn't go in the corners and things like that. And you just gotta you gotta really really dissect the game on every aspect as a parent. Just let your kid fucking figure it out and stop twisting shit on them. Um, and another thing too, like if you're man, these guys like don't ever give up. But if you're not making money and you're 25, 26, and you're just not getting that call up to make money, and you're in the East Coast, you're making 600 a week, like you got to evaluate where you're at 
if you decide to stop what you're doing, instead of growing until you're 30 and not having really a penny in the bank, when you're 25, sometimes you got to evaluate where you're at and your game and humble yourself and and maybe figure out the next step at 26 instead yeah. of 30 to get that four years ahead. But on the other hand, dude, no one told me I was ever going to make it because I'm from St. Louis, and I did it too. So I don't want to bust anybody's dreams either, but mm-hmm. you've got to be realistic with yourself sometimes. I see this all the time with these guys. Are this, they're not making much money, but they keep playing. They keep playing. They're afraid to veer off. And start something new. But yeah, it's better to do that, man. When you're 26, dude, than you're 32. Yeah, so, for sure. Anyways. Well, Cam, I know Troy and Daniel and myself. This has been one of the funniest episodes that we've ever done. So, oh, yeah. uh, we really appreciate your time. <laughs> <laughs> we, I was getting serious there. We really, we really appreciate your time uh, coming on. We hope to have you on again, and uh, maybe one of us will get the call to come on your show at some point. <laughs> you gotta go through Andy on that. Oh, we'll push we'll this Hulk of a Hall of Famers aside and get you guys on. <laughs> That's all Andy, man. No offense. That's all. Andy gets all those motherfuckers on. I don't even fuck with it. He does no, all the shit, dude. It's all good. As he should. Well, all right, man. we'll stay in contact. Paint now. <laughs> Cheers, brother. Really I, appreciate it. Paint, dude. I'll see you guys. Yeah. I'll see you guys. Cheers. Take see care. You. Coors Light is the official light beer of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It's also the official beer of watching 2013 reruns catching up on video calls, and wearing the same sweats as you did yesterday. Visit your local retailer for great prices on 18, 24, 36 can packs. Coors Light, made to chill. Alrighty, Hags, there it is, episode 29 of Cam Jansen, done and dusted. What an interview. I thought this guy, you know, I reached out to him via Twitter, and he came on and... I don't think we were disappointed. I don't think any of our listen- listeners would be uh, disappointed today. No, it was uh, it was a funny interview and probably one of my favorites. So, yeah, thanks to Cam for coming on and yeah, hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, I was honestly like some of the things he was talking about. I mean, like you know how we fought when he was younger and all this stuff. And I mean, yeah, he told like a lot of funny stuff in the background of it. But like, if you listen close enough, there's a lot of like real life shit. Like, hey, like you got to work hard. And you got to be, yeah. like, be committed good, and stuff. So lots of good advice for for everybody. Yeah, so anyhow, I don't have much more. I mean, it's Monday morning. I mean, a little different than a Wednesday, Hags. You know, it was too bad Troy wasn't here for the intro and the recap, but I mean, we had a lot of fun on that in, uh, interview with Cam. Uh, but we thought we wanted to drop this interview for, you know, I mean, obviously majority rules on the, on the polls we put on Twitter and Instagram. People wanted to hear it on the way up, so I don't think anyone will be disappointed with this one. No, it was, it was one of my favorites. Uh, Cam's really funny. Very straight up guy, and yeah, thanks to Cam for coming on. Yeah, so quickly here, uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, underscore off the hosel on both of those. Facebook is just off the hosel. Be sure to get on over to Facebook, check our Instagram, Twitter bio links um, for hook, line, and sinker. Only a few uh, few uh, spots left. 30 bucks, no brainer. You gotta buy it. I mean, you, ha- you have to buy it. You, you have to. Do it. So I uh, just do it. So I think you should I think you should buy it uh, 30 bucks Anyhow Good luck in that uh, contest as well Stay tuned as we have lots of contests coming um, Yeah Good luck in warming guys Have a have a blast Play well You can't win the tournament on day one But you can sure lose the tournament Daniel Hagel Always a pleasure bro Thanks man See you later Peace Bye. Everyone enjoy your Monday morning here Monday at noon Monday evening Wednesday I don't give a shit when you listen to this podcast, but you better listen to it though. If you don't, I'll find you.
<laughs> See you guys. Have a great week. Weekend. Peace. Answer with you get the answer.